Hello, everyone. My name is McCoy Lum, and welcome to The Bandit Show, presented by The Hoops Audit. Um, on today's show, I couldn't be happier to have current University of Victoria point guard, a youth sport all-star, and Bandit CEBL draft pick, my guy Diego Mafia. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, thanks for having me again. Yeah. So, yeah, like I think we talked, we just talked off camera and you just played three games in a row here. Um, so how are you feeling about the vibe of your University of Victoria team so far? And how are you feeling overall about entering? Is it your fourth year of eligibility now? Yes, fourth year. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's a bit different. I'm more of a, more of a vet now, um, which is a completely different role, um, which is exciting. Um, it was good. We we went through and all this weekend. It was it was a good start. We had some good competition. We played Carlton, Alberta, and Bishop. So we played some um, kind of top ten teams um, across the country. Um, it was tough, but we ended up winning all three, and the vibes were amazing. Like the guys, the guys stepped up. Guys played well. Um, we got different guys scoring each game, and I don't know. It, overall, like the atmosphere was amazing, and being at home always helps as well. Unreal. Yeah, no, I saw, yeah, I saw you guys won all three games. It's great yeah. to see you guys. You guys finished fourth last year, was it, in, in uh, Nationals? Yeah, fourth. We lost yeah. the third place. Yeah, so yeah. I guess you're coming back this year for a little revenge, trying to win it all. Yeah. I'm stoked exactly. to see it. Exactly. Yeah, so so on this show, just to let you know, um, we're just going to spend some time here um, getting into your backstory a bit as a hooper, um, but then also picking your brain about the game and just talking about your experience with the Bandits, because I think... Bandits fans and basketball fans in general would just really appreciate hearing a guy at your level, like hearing your perspectives on the game. So I'm really excited to get into this. Sweet. Yeah. So we're just going to start here. Your life, I guess, growing up and before basketball. So for those that don't know, um, Diego was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Is that, is yeah. that right? Sao Paulo? Yeah. 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 And before coming to Canada. Yeah. So he was there before coming to Canada and growing up, I, through my research, I heard that soccer was really your first sport and your first love. So yeah. what I wanted to ask is in an age where basketball, the kids are specializing in sports early, you know, basketball kids are starting to play AAU now in what, like fifth grade, fourth grade. So I wanted to ask you being a, a relatively high level soccer player growing up, do you think your experiences as a soccer player and playing that first helped you in your development once you started basketball later on? Absolutely. I, I love that question. First off, I, that's amazing. Um, no, I think, yeah, from people I talk to and like to this day, I say that I think I'm only good at basketball because I started playing soccer first, um, because all my foundation work from footwork, um, balance, like, um, coordination, I like all that stuff, like seeing the game feel for everything. I think the transition from soccer to basketball was kind of smoother because of that. Um, and now that I'm able, able to look back and like reflect on all those, I think me being able to play soccer throughout my whole, um, till I moved to Canada, honestly, till I was like 14, that was my main sport. Like to this day, I still, I still tell people that I'm probably better at soccer than basketball. <laughs> just because I grew up doing it. Right. So, um, but yeah, I think a huge part of, cause the game's changing, as you said, and people, and guys are spe specializing, kids are specializing, um, and it's hard to get them not to, but I think a big part of, um, successful athletes in my opinion at least in my view um is being like multi-sport athletes so i think for me for throughout my whole high school career i played basketball volleyball and soccer um it was jam-packed but that's what i wanted to do i kind of wanted to play everything um until i couldn't anymore until i actually had to specialize in university right so um yeah i think multi-sport athletes especially soccer i think it helps a lot with your feet and for me that's the most important thing in basketball is having good footwork so 
um absolutely i think soccer was like the the main the main part of my success in basketball now yeah i know that's that's great to hear because i when i would listen watch, listen to steve nash interviews he would always talk about yeah how his soccer foundation like taught him just even things that we don't even think about like the ability to to push off well equally off either foot balance stuff like that so no to hear you to hear you talk about it's really great because yeah a lot of kids that i i coach as well that they're they're starting i asked if they're playing any other sports they're like no i i just like basketball well it's like dude you're in grade five like you should be playing <laughs> yeah. everything right try everything yeah exactly. that's awesome think, to hear. yeah i think aau is also a big part of that and how that how that's growing and kids are just wanting to play AU constantly but yeah i guess that's a whole whole other topic to dive into <laughs> right we're going to fast forward now to when you moved to Canada. And I heard you talk about on the Hoops Journey podcast you did earlier, I guess this year, shout out to uh, Aaron Mitchell and the Hoops Journey. Everyone hit them yeah. up. They're a great podcast here in BC. Um, so I heard you talk about on that podcast how you moved to Canada with your brother and your mom. Your mom was before she was a principal back in Brazil, along with your dad, who was also a principal. And when she came here, like she had to take a job as working at a grocery store and you guys were living in a hotel. So that, so these kind of like sort of immigrant stories or, you know, parents making sacrifices to give their kids a better life. Right. Do you ever think about that time in your life now that you're older and you, do you ever reflect on how those times shaped you as a, as a young man today? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think now, then I'm a bit, bit more mature, a bit more like kind of growing up more. I think I that's when I reflect more on those aspects. And I think it's honestly just, I don't even know, like crazy or like unbelievable, like what, like both my parents did, and especially my mom when we moved here and like the sacrifice they did, they made for me and my brother just to be successful, just to go to school. Um, And looking back on it, it's, it's honestly the main reason why my brother and I, where we are today, um, playing youth sports and getting education um but yeah it was kind of looking back and I we remember every time we passed by the hotel we we kind of mention it just because it's it's just crazy like we never we would never imagine we would go through all that just to kind of just because they wanted us to go to school so um yeah it's kind of it's good it's good memories to reflect on just to see what we've been through um but I think those moments and those like sacrifices and those like tough moments that we had to go through um also shaped like how I am today specifically. Um, and that those are all thanks to my mom and my dad for sure. Yeah. Do you find that those experiences those tough times, like sort of ground you and sort of your, your approach to even when you're having success, like not, not to get caught up in that and to really just think about where you've come from. Do you ever have those moments? Yeah. hundred percent. Even more now, um, I'm kind of trying to just ground myself more and think of like just life in general. I think at the end of the day, I, I say this a lot now where basketball is just a game, um, even though we always want to win, we always want to compete. Um, I'm probably one of the most competitive people out there and I always want to win. I hate losing. Um, but at the same time, like you sit back and realize it's just a game. I think it I think it just allows, at least for myself, allows me to play more free, allows me to be looser, allows me to have fun. And I think all those aspects kind of like contribute to like all my success that I've been having. So um, I think it's been like very recent where I'm like grounding myself more and like kind of thinking of like where I am now and where I've been through. So, um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, un that's unreal. It's a great perspective. Um, so let's now let's fast forward to your, the start of your basketball career. So you started playing grade nine and you attended yeah. Oak Bay high school, which I, I played against multiple times, had some tough games down, down in Victoria there. 
And I've always wanted to ask this question because from my experience, Oak Bay has always been in my mind, like a factory for producing high level guards um, <laughs> that have super polished games. And you're, you, and you're also one of those. So since you didn't start playing seriously basketball until grade nine, as a late starter to the game from a developmental standpoint, can you take us through what you were doing while you were at Oak Bay to make this jump from a relative beginner in grade nine to being one of the best players in the province by your grade 11 and 12 year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's actually, yeah, crazy, crazy story again, reflecting back. But it was honestly, to be fair, it was completely coincidental at the start. And then after, then we'll get into. But to start, I when I moved here, I didn't really know anyone. So I, I was going to class and kind of we moved from Brazil. So didn't have any like friends didn't have anything like that and ended up that the basketball coach was my teacher in two different courses um so one day in class he was just he was just looking around he's like oh who plays basketball here he's trying to get guys out to tryouts kind of thing and I was super shy I kind of just like raised my hand and he's like he just looks at me because he didn't know me and he's like you play basketball whatever and then he's super passionate about it and he puts in a lot of time and he comes up to me he's like okay like you're coming in at 7 a.m every day and I look at him and I was like what 7 a.m I haven't woken up at 7 a.m how long so I look at him and I was like I guess so I knew no better like knew no one else so from that moment on I think in my grade nine and grade 10 year every single day from honestly Monday through Friday and then weekends we would have like scrimmages but Monday through Friday every day at 7 a.m I'll go in and I do like workouts either with someone else or I'll just get in the shooting machine um and it was from 7 to like 8 15 and then obviously class starts at 8 30 in high school so I would go in every day, seven, eight, 15. I'd often like either bus or walk or find a way to get there. And then every day we were in there with um, my coach and some other, some other players. And I think that's kind of where my work ethic came from. Like he kind of, him pushing me because one, I didn't know any better. And two, he just wanted guys to kind of play basketball. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my routine. I'll do that. And then I would, I would obviously have in September to December, I would have soccer right after school, like 3.30 to like 4.30 or 5. And then I have volleyball from 5 to 7 and then basketball from like 7 to 9. So <laughs> it was like nonstop and then repeat the next day just because I knew I knew no better. I knew no one else. Like I was like, I want to have stuff to do and I just want to improve. Um, so that was kind of my routine. And then we would like scrimmage at night. Sometimes we would like um, in the summer. Um, yeah. So that's kind of in grade 9, grade 10. That's where all my kind of work kind of came into fruition and honestly kudos to Franklin which was my um, high school coach and Rob Paris who is also on TVIC and he's from the island he was um, helping out as an assistant coach and he was the guy that did most of my shooting with me um, we would stand I remember in grade nine because I didn't make the junior team in grade nine so I played the B team um, and then I ended up getting called up for the junior team and I'd go to the senior practices and he would have me at the side I never practiced I would just sit for like an hour and a half just doing form shots like and he I would look over and I'd be like are we done yet and he's like no no I'll keep going and I was like okay so I kept going it was like just around not even outside of the key it was just form shots working on like just fundamentals like getting the wrist back like stuff like that so I think all that time now that I reflect on it that's where I kind of all my foundation work um, was done throughout those years um, and that's what kind of turned me into like a way better player in grade 11 and 12 um, where I had like all my accolades and success so yeah kind of crazy to look back it was coincidence and then obviously a little little more work that was put in yeah so were were they 
So you're doing these form shots and you're doing these workouts. Are they watching you? Because like, in my mind, you're like, you're relatively new to the game, right? So are they there like correcting you and like showing you the proper way to do things? Or is a lot of you figuring it out on your own? Yeah. So a bit of both, like in one of those 7am workouts, they, the first, I remember the, vividly the first workout I went to the next day after that class, I went in and there was a grade 12 guy and he was on his team and he was like one of his captains. And I went through like a ball handling workout with him and I was, I didn't even know what I was doing at that point. And I remember I, I still talked to him this day and we were just kind of doing ball handling. And then we had Frank on the side and he was kind of just like, just like keep going. And he was like pushing us. Um, and I remember in the senior practices, he would be running practices normal. He wouldn't even watch me. And he would just put me on the side with Rob Paris, which was his assistant coach. And we would, he would just be rebounding for me. And I would just be shooting, shooting, shooting till practice was over. I'd like run a bit when they were like running lines or whatever, but that's all I did. Like I was just shooting and he was there because he, he played at UVic um, back in the day and he has his like Jersey retired. Like he's in the hall of mm -hmm. fame. Like he was a serious serious basketball player a nice good guard um so he had he was working with me and Franklin just kind of trusted him um but he was never watching me until I was in grade 10 where I started practicing with the senior team and played both so um yeah it was more a lot of figuring out on my own as well a lot of like most of the creative stuff that like I do now it's like stuff that like I came up with or like we worked on so um, a little bit of both but more of like him pushing us and always being there like opening the gym and stuff uh, whenever we needed yeah, no, that's amazing having a guy at that level who played at that level and having having that mentorship and guidance. Yeah, that, that and I guess he also probably taught you sort of the discipline, right, of coming in and building a routine. So that's that's unreal. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think most of my success, I got a I got a credit to um, Franklin for sure. Just see that just the time he puts in yeah. to his players when he really doesn't have to, and he gym's always open. He's there twenty four seven if you need him. So um going to okay was definitely the right choice <laughs> yeah and okay let's we got to talk about your shooting because you talk about doing your form shots and I'm, i'll say it for you in my mind you're maybe the second best shooter to ever come out of canada out, oh sorry out of bc after nash i'm gonna put nash ahead of you respectfully yeah. oh, but like you're that. in the conversation <laughs> for number two and i firmly believe that so Thank we you. talk about people always say like shooters are made not born but like you being at the shooting level that you are there's got to be something different that you're doing than all the other guys that are just putting up reps. Cause I feel like a lot of people put up reps, but you yeah. managed to separate yourself. So you now being in university and also having played the pro level and being a, being at that level of a shooter, what do you think that you do differently from other players, whether that be in terms of your workout approach or your mental, your mental fortitude that has taken you to this level of shooting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, I like, I don't think I've ever got asked that question. That's a good one. Um, I think most of my, I think for me, my main, I guess, asset would be like my mentality. Um, just, just that inner confidence. Like I, I think I've, I don't know where he was talking about, but I watched a podcast that Curry was doing or a video that he was doing. And he talked about like, just having that inner confidence, but at the same time, having that, like, um, just that sense of like, not urgency, but just like afraid of making a mistake, but it's just that balance of both where your mentality is I'm the next one's going up regardless of if this one goes in or not. Like, I think if you put enough reps in, because this is like, when you put enough reps in, you get the confidence to shoot in the game. Right. But if you get in the game and you miss one and your mentality is okay, like I missed one, like, and you get worried, then you won't shoot the next one. But if you keep shooting that you put enough reps where 
you have the confidence to shoot it, right? Like, or else all those reps were kind of pointless, if that makes sense. Um, so I think I put enough work in where I can have, I can sleep at night knowing that like my teammates are going to trust me because they seen that and they know that I have put enough um, shots up that, you know, like it's always going to be a good shot in my mind. So I think that inner confidence and like the inner belief of myself and also in a way, not, not to sound like not in a bad way, but just like not really caring what people think, because a lot of the times, like I feel like kids and like, just like people's egos get in the way in a way where it's, they care a lot about like what people think on the outside or what people say, especially nowadays, people people say in social media or what people comment on them on this video or on this audio thing and people get worried about it and then they like have confrontation. So I think just like not honestly not caring what people think and having that inner confidence are the two things for me where um, I attribute my success to it because I, you know, like I'm never, I'm never going to stop shooting. Even if I, if I go over 12, I'm the next one's still going up. And I think, um, having people around you that believe in you is also a huge one. And that's something like you can't control. And I think I've been pretty lucky just in general, um, for my whole career, like high school, um, my first year, second, third, and now fourth year where everyone around me, around me is like, okay, like you have full belief in you. You have like a full green light to just kind of shoot the ball. Right. So that helps a lot. And that's something that is taken for granted. But a lot of the times, like if you have coaches that like are hard on you or harder that don't believe in you and stuff like that, that can get in the way. But the main pieces for me are just that inner confidence of being so stubborn that I'm going to shoot the next one. Like even in drills where I remember this was from Franklin as well. Like we were doing drills where it was like closeout drills. And he, and he, he tells me today, he's like, I've never seen anyone that like would keep shooting the ball. Like, even if they're missing, because it was a closeout drill. Right. And I could have just drove or do something else when I missed it. And he was like, no, you just kept shooting. It. I've never like seen that before, but I was, in my mind, I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was just like, I think this is the right read. Let me just, you know, like put it up. I've done this enough. Um, so I just think, yeah, I just think that inner confidence of like, I, I really don't care what people think. Like it's just, it's just kind of just going up, you know? So um, yeah, just a little, little crazy side of me when I'm, when I'm playing. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Cause I, I've always wanted to ask a question like that to a guy like Steph Curry and you're sort of the closest approximation we have to that in BC. So yeah, no, that's, re that's really cool. So it's a combination of obviously the work, but then having just almost being a little bit delusional about how, about the next one going in all the time. That's, that's awesome to hear. And that story about the closeout drill, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, and you talked about kind of like some of the creative stuff that you added to your game in addition to what you learned from your coaches. So you have this very unique and modern style of play, kind of like a Steph Curry, like a Caitlin Clark, like this mm -hmm. using your gravity as a shooter to sort of bring your team together and generate offense. So in terms of the your style of play, is there any player that you modeled your game after or you like to steal things from? Um as I said before, I'm a bit I'm a bit I'm very stubborn. Like I was I've always been very stubborn with everything. And I think before I used to, because of the whole Golden State stuff, I used to not like Golden State. I used to not like Curry. But then it got to a point where I'm like, okay, like I can't, it's too similar of a game. And it's like, <laughs> he's too good of a player for me not to like him. So now like everything, not every, like most of the things that I do and watch are from Steph or from his training videos, from his workouts, from whatever it is, summer stuff that he does. Like most of the stuff that I get is from him. Um, just because I think, how he reads the game and 
the game's flows when he's on the floor. Like just, and I think it's very similar to like how I want to play at least. Um, so I think right now, like I would have to say, like most of the stuff that I model my game towards is through Curry. Um, and then honestly, one of the one of the guys, not he's not in the NBA, but he's a trainer. Um, it's actually Phil Handy. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff, yeah. but I think now I started training kids more as well, like one on one. Um, just like some private training. I've done a lot of his stuff and I love his because a lot of his stuff is balanced and full work. And that's the things that kind of I preach the most. So I think the combination of both where like I'm, I steal some stuff from him and then most of my stuff is from Curry's game and just how exciting of a player he is and how like explosive and how like entertaining he is playing the game. So I think a little bit of both, but I think model my game, probably Steph Curry's a, a good show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> I, I think that was, that was obvious for anyone that's watched you that Curry's yeah. your guy. That's great. Um, so where does like, and not only are you just a good shooter for both from watching you, um, like your IQ is off the charts. Like you make every right, especially out of the pick and roll, every right read in the book, whether that's a cross court pass one hand to the weak side or putting your defender in jail and getting to your spot, hitting the roller, all this stuff. So where did that feel and IQ for the game come from? Mm -hmm. Well, bringing it back again, I think just soccer. Like I think just, just how, you have to make fast decisions in a short period of time in a short space and the four comes in. Um, I think that's where it mainly came from. But then again, we've, I've done so much ball screen work with like when I was in high school and so much like correct, like reads where I'm coming off every single way you can imagine and being like, okay, let's break it down. Like this is my read first read, second read, third read. Like it was always like working on counters, if that makes sense. So it was the counter to the counter. And then now it's like counter to the counter to the counter. So I have all, those reads in my mind now it's just a matter of like okay I just got to look at the help side say if this guy's in it's there if this guy stays it's here right so I think yeah I think it's just again like those reps and those reps that I put in before now that I have it engraved in my mind now it's just a matter of like in a game I'm like okay I come off this if they're in a drop okay I'm hitting my big or I'm going up to my floater um and I think that kind of again in my situation kind of in every level that kind of works so it's like for example when i went to play in the summer like that was the same thing like i think most of my success this summer was through the pick and roll where i was playing like off the screens and being able to make the reads like a pocket pass or a floater or coming off and hitting a three so i think it translates to every um level of the game it's not necessarily just in high school or just in university it kind of goes on for you forever um so yeah i think yeah i don't know Honestly, it's just like, again, that confidence and that stubbornness and all that stuff kind of put together. But I think soccer, again, main part was that I got that IQ from and just the feel for the game and being able to see different things um, at once while it's going on. So, yeah, I just still working on making the right reads every time and trying to, like, get the right shot at the right possession. So still something that's in progress, but I think I've come a long way since my high school days for sure yeah no that's yeah. damn like oak bay is like a is there a prep school man like the way that they developed that's sick honestly yeah we we joke around a lot but he i think he's produced i five in the last eight years he's produced at least one i think one point guard every year to your university like and it's like consistently like he always produces a guard coming from oak bay like it's always a guard that comes out of oak bay that goes to play university like every single year since i've been there and yeah. two years before me, like it was always every single year someone was coming out. And even this year, another guy's come out, play with us at UVic. So it's incredible. I, every year someone comes out and is successful. So it's yeah, no, yeah, no, I, 
my year, it was this, I don't know if you know him, this guy named Matt Gray. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like we're like, we played together on TV season stuff and like we were friends. Yeah. Um, and yeah, dude, like this guy hadn't heard of him until like in grade 10, this guy comes out of nowhere. We're like, who, like, everyone's like, who is this guy? Like, I'm just guarding him. Like this guy's like, yeah. this guy's a freak. Right. And then the next year it was, who it was, it was a kid named, uh, I think a kid named Jaden, Jaden Tushi. Jaden Tushi. It's like, yeah. it's like, and it's all, it's like all these guys, such clean games. Like where are they learning this from? You know, like, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're going to kind of close off your high school career here or with a question I had, because in 2019 at the Western Canada tournament, yeah. uh, you had a pretty good game. I would say <laughs> you scored 96 points against a pretty decent team in Shepherd high. Yep. And I wanted to know 96 points. That's like, that's not like inhuman, right? Like people like what yeah. Kobe at 81, Wilt scored a hundred, you like Diego Mafia, 96 points, right? Yeah. So as you're playing in that game, where's your head at? Like walk me through what's going on in the mind of Diego. Oh, those are one of those games where it, it, you just get to the unconscious state of just, you don't even know kind of what's going on. It's almost like the flow state. Like that was like the most, if I could describe flow state in like, a game or a situation that I've been in, that's like the most like flow I think I've been in. Um, and a lot of, there's a lot of circumstances that go into everything. Right. So there's a lot of funny, like just kind of backstories to that game where again, like we weren't playing for any like metal. We weren't playing. I think it was like a fifth, sixth place game. Like it was like a 10 a.m. game on a Sunday, like last game of the tournament, you know, like just stuff like that. And I just remember it was funny because Ross Shepard is, has, great success in Alberta and we played them multiple times and that tournament is one of the best high school tournaments there is. It's yeah. like invite only like big time tournament, big time schools from every province. Um, and I just remember that for some reason, I remember that hearing that the other coach was mad at their team. And I remember, I remember the first quarter I had, I think I had 29 in the first quarter, which was already crazy. And I remember them, the players trying to like looking over and being like, oh, we, we have to double. And the coach was like, no, 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 you guys just figure it out. Because he was like mad at them for something before they did it the day before, something like that. But there's just like funny stories like that. Um, that kind of just like shaped that game also, which what it was. But again, it was just, I couldn't remember how I felt before, during, or after. Like it was so like, so flow and so locked in that it was, everything was just going, right? Like, and I think, our offense was also helpful where like I was playing a lot of one-on-one -on -one, um, and just kind of just doing my thing, being creative. And that game kind of everything was falling. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm just going to keep going. Like got lots of steals shot. I think went to free throw line like 20, 22 times, like something like that, like hit a bunch of three. So it was just so flow and unconscious that I can't even like describe the feeling, you know, like obviously after you can remember stuff and you're like, did I even like do that? And I remember like, in the fourth quarter obviously i don't know if you've heard that but i think most people know that we we were up i think we won by like 20 or something like that it was like 114 to like 88 like it was it wasn't close um and i remember my coach came up to me and he was like because we got along well he's like oh like how many how much you think you have and he pulls me off for two minutes and he's like two minutes left in the fourth i guess subbed off and he's like how much do you think i have i was like i don't know like um probably have like around like 60 or something because i i scored 60 before previously in the season so I thought it felt the same. It didn't even feel like that. So I came off and we were, okay, we were good. We won. And then we we're going to the layup lines. They announce it. And I look over and then I just remember our coach being like, oh no, like, cause obviously he pulled me off and he's like, oh, you should have gone the hundred, blah, blah. But that's just like, just funny interactions like that, that it didn't feel like I had that many points, if that makes sense. So yeah. it was crazy. It was 
unbelievable game. Like it was insane. No, what's, and what's cool about that is like, from what I've heard about it is it was very much kind of in the flow of the game. Like it's not like Mm -hmm. you're just, you're just hogging the ball the entire game or like going for that many points. It just kind of happened. And you were also super efficient to that game. So that's also like really dope to hear. Yeah, that's something that it's tough to explain, but like people just think I shot like 100 shots. But I remember it was 31 for 60. I remember exactly <laughs> the field goal. I think I shot like 21 for 23 from free throw line. So I was pretty efficient, over 50%. Like yeah. it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah. So before we mo- move on to the bandits, I mm-hmm. heard that you you had an offer to play at Eastern Washington, um, Div 1 level, and you chose to stay in Victoria and play U Sport at UVic. So can you talk about why you felt staying in Canada was more beneficial for your development at that point rather than playing in the States at the Div 1 level? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I I didn't have – I played AU for our UVic team here, um, Vikes Nation team. Um, and we – I think we won – in my that last AU season, I think we won like every tournament in Canada. Like we won the athlete tournament, drive tournament, art tournament. So we were pretty – and then we went down to the States and – we would always go like two and one. So we were always doing pretty well, but I didn't really get that offer until the last um, AU tournament, I guess, in Vegas. Um, and it was complete coincidence. Um, coaches were there looking at someone else and then ended up watching the whole game. And I ended up having whatever, 35, 40 in that game. And they were like, oh, we're interested. So it was very coincidental. Um, and I've I had a lot like more offers in Canada to stay. I um, mean, Vic was obviously interested from kind of, grade 11 and they knew me like I played I knew Josh I knew um, both since I was like young so I think the main reason for me and I again every time someone asks me like I try to explain that I think when you're making a decision to go somewhere at least in my opinion you have to do what's best for you where you're gonna play so I think for me it was like okay being realistic with yourself and being like having that like self-talk where you're like okay am i am i going there just to kind of be another player and just say i go d1 or do i want to stay here play like because i knew i was going to play like i knew i was getting more time i knew i was going to develop and i think the only way to really get better is to play in games right like i think like making those in-game decisions so that was one of the main reasons and for some reason within me like i just like i wanted to where if I wanted to win somewhere, I wanted to win at home. So to this day, we haven't, we haven't done it yet, but I still, we have two, I have two more years. And I think I want to win for the city. Like I want to kind of stay in the city and do it for the city. If that makes sense. Like it's kind of a pride thing as well, where I want to stay at UVic and I want to bring back like a national championship for UVic. And I've always wanted to do that. And I think that was also a driving factor in like why I decided to stay home um and like you see nowadays too like we we just played two division one teams this past summer and the level is not crazy different it's just you know like obviously the high major ones and that's a completely different game but i think when it gets to like mid-major and U sports like U sports is a legit league that creates like high level professional athletes so i think that's what people have to like kind of understand more and more and again example um alex like he's a guy that played these sports and then look at him now, look at the success he's had with the bandits and kind of playing pro and now kind of coaching in SAS. So I think just, yeah, I think people just have to kind of understand that you sports is not like, Oh, you're staying Canada because you're not good enough to play D1. You know, I think that's kind of where the mindset has to change and it is growing because you see it now, like 
Carlton's having a dynasty, like Uvix won in the past, like in the eighties. And so I think, yeah, I think I wanted to stay home. I wanted to do it for Victoria. I, I still, I still believe we can do that. And yeah, just all those factors kind of played into it. And me playing was a main one as well. That is a very mature, especially at the time for you being in Gretel, that's a very mature way to think about it. And I'm super impressed that <laughs> you had the foresight to have that whole decision process of in terms of looking <laughs> at your long-term development. So that's an awesome answer. And I hope that a lot more student athletes from Canada hear that um, because the yeah, youth sport level is elite and it's producing more and more pros. Like we see yeah, exactly Alex Campbell, um, Connor Morgan, Thomas Kennedy, guys like that. So yeah, no, it's a really awesome answer. And I, yeah, I'm glad you're, you, you're very, you're vocal about promoting youth sport and how good of a level it is. Yep. 100%. Yeah. So now we're going to move to your time with the bandits. So you got your first taste of pro basketball this summer with the bandits. And we know anyone who watched this season, it was a bit chaotic in terms of roster movement and wins and losses very up and down season so being the rookie on the team being a young guy experiencing this as your first pro first your first time as a pro um what was it like going through that entire season and sort of your thoughts and how you managed to navigate through it i mean i think already said the best it was chaotic for sure um i mean it was my first taste. i was excited um coming in, I was like, I was ready to kind of just work. Um, and again, I, I love kind of just like proving my, proving myself in a way where, um, new environment kind of challenging myself uncomfortable. So I think I was excited for that challenge. And honestly, for me, it was, um, having meetings with like Kyle and Dylan and having meetings with like everyone in the organization after I, I still believe this is probably one of the best experiences I've had just kind of as a basketball player and as just a person in general. Um, one, because I I think it's a completely different game and it was completely different for me to get like, like they gave us everything we needed. Like they really took care of us. Like, and for me as a university guy, it was kind of different and it was nice. Like it was just nice to see that that happens and um, just that kind of next level, um, just kind of getting um, that treatment. So that was, that was amazing. Like for me um, to live by myself for the first time, like, because I stayed at home and stuff. So I think that was a great experience. And and basketball wise, it was unreal. Like I, I walk. I just remember I was walking in the change room and I, it was funny cause they were talking, like most of our guys were talking and they were talking about like, who's better, like Duke, Michigan state or Illinois and this and that. And I'm sitting there, I'm kind of just like looking at them. And I mean like, okay, like I, I go to UVic, like what's <laughs> like, what's going on here? Like, I can't really like jump in here. So, um, I took a lot of like, kind of just like the back seat and I, I love to like kind of observe and see how these guys like operate. So I was always like watching like how, what these guys would do before, what these guys would do after practice, what these guys would do for like recovery or um, what they would do after games and stuff like that. And I just try to get connected with as many as them and create like new, like bonds with as many as them as I could. Um, Cause I think that would help me kind of get along with them first and second, just kind of help me in my future professional career, because obviously it's down the line, but kind of I'm already thinking ahead. So um it was it was unreal it was amazing and I think the fan base was the most unreal part as well like it was always packed even though if you look at our record it probably shouldn't have been so um it was it was just funny like it was it was great to see that just the support and the loyalty from them as well and just kind of um yeah having like my family come to games was super neat and just being like close to home close enough to home where um it was easy for 
Um, my mom to come watch and like my family down from Portland came and watched one game. So it was an awesome experience. And I think I learned a lot, which was the main part and the main part that I wanted to take away from this um, and bring back as much as I could to university to help us be successful. So I think it all kind of came full circle and yeah, that experience was unreal. My first taste um, was, was, was good. Like there, obviously there's good, there's bad, there's like in between. So I think it was amazing because I experienced everything. Like I, losing games, winning games, chaos, like moves, like roster moves. Cause that doesn't happen in university. And for me, it was like, everything was new. Like I, I saw guys coming in and then two weeks later they were gone. <laughs> this new guy came in. So I was like, what's going on? Like it was always kind of moving pieces and we were like trying to figure stuff out, but it was, it was unreal, like surreal experience. And it was great first experience as like a pro, I think for me, just to get that first taste and that first, uh, my foot in there you know yeah and you talk about how you went in with this mindset of just wanting to learn as much as possible but you know for a rookie like you were kind of thrown into the fire pretty early on right when dj stewart right left the team and all of a sudden team doesn't have a point guard so we're starting diego right and so you played a lot of meaningful minutes for a u-sport draft pick and you had some good games with a number of double digit scoring outputs so i wanted to ask like given you're playing with a bunch of high level pros and guys like this is their livelihood, right? Like they, like how they play affects them, like affects their money. So being that you're the rookie and it might be expected that you're supposed to defer to them, right? Like give them the ball, let them have the shots, but watching you, you never hesitated or ever stopped playing your normal game. So as a rookie and as also a point guard and a university student still, how were you able to earn the trust of not only your coach, but the guys around you on the team on the court? Yeah, I think, again, like building that relationship with the players was like the, like the start of everything. Like, I think that's the start of like every good team. I think just if guys like each other, it's automatically going to help them on the court, right? It's like that chemistry piece. So I think I wanted to get along with everyone. And I think just me like observing, just being myself, just kind of not trying to do too much or just kind of doing what I do um, on a day-to-day basis and I think just like proving myself in practice was like one of the main things like I just came in and I just think I wasn't I just wasn't scared you know I wasn't um, I kind of was there to play as well you know like even though if you look at it from outside it's like he's probably not going to play much and that's probably what the beginning of the season was so I think just like proving myself and kind of just showing people that I belong there um, and I'm not there for no it's no coincidence so I think those two helped a lot. And honestly, just, just Kyle having that trust in me from the get-go, just from the first meeting, like he was always, he was always honest. He was always kind of real. And we were always having that like heart to heart conversations being like, this was going to happen. And it was always kind of the honesty piece. And that helped me a lot. Um, but I, I genuinely think my mindset coming in, wanting to learn as much as possible. And like me playing would be kind of like a bonus for me. Like I, I just wanted to be there and enjoy the process and then when I played, it was like, okay, like I'm in the right mindset to go out and compete. So I think that helped a ton when I came out and it was, you can write a better story for my first pro game, kind of starting at home, first home game of the season, like hitting the free throw and everything. So I think that was an unreal experience. Like that one game was crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that was awesome. And you're showing everyone that you belong and sort of really, it was, it was awesome because you were just you know, phys- like physically, you're a lot smaller than a lot of the guards. So watching you just play your game and use the things that you're good at. Like we talked about your IQ, your skill level, your ability to read and applying that, that was really dope to see. So you talk a lot about 
just developing relationships with guys on the team. So were there, was there anyone specifically that sort of went out of their way to mentor you or take you under their wing? Oh yeah. Easy. Uh, Georgie was definitely the one. Um, it was kind of also like in a way built in where all the road trips, I was kind of rooming with him. So, um, it was like, not that it wasn't my choice, but it was like, I was just rooming him and it just ended up, we connected extremely well. Um, and we still talk like to this day, like we talk a lot and he, he went out of his way and he, he's just a guy that goes out of his way to try to help as many people as possible because he knows like, again, like he's had a unreal story as well, like where he came from and the stuff he's been through and, um, all the stuff he had to see and his family and stuff like that. So I think he could like relate a little bit and also like I could relate a little bit where I was like, okay, like now we can talk about things where it's not necessarily just basketball as well. And we can talk about both. So, um, me and him built a very, very good relationship and we, and that kind of showed on court as well. And that's kind of where I get all this from where it's like, okay, like that chemistry that we built off court, it was on court where we were, I was the main guy off pick and roll. We were playing off pick and roll and it was like, people could see it and people were commenting on it. So I was like, that's, that's kind of cool to see that happen. Um, but yeah, he was definitely my guy. And when DJ was there, me and him were, were really close as well, like through training camp. Cause he was there from the start as well. Like, and obviously we're the same position and I try to pick his brain as much as possible, like where he's played and he's had success. So I think we got close and honestly, everyone, like I work out with Malcolm a lot. Um, um, Lex was a great um, captain as well. Like he, we talked a lot and Dwayne as well. So I think, I mean, everyone, I got along with everyone, but I think specifically if I had to be one guy that went out of his way is definitely Georgie. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's hilarious. Cause I, I guess you guys are around the same age, right? Like just a couple years apart and yeah, he's, yeah, no, that's dope. Cause he's ha a guy that's had G league experience and is a very yeah. high level pro. So that's, that's awesome that you got to sort of pick his brain a bit. Yeah, definitely. And, and when you were playing in the league, in, in the CBL, did you ever have a sort of welcome to the welcome to professional basketball moment on the court where it's like, you're playing against a guy that's like a freak athlete and you're like, holy smokes, like this is totally different than the U sport level uh yeah i i wouldn't say in games i would say in practice with with nick and nick ward like it was that was when i was like okay like there's there's like the size obviously it was a size differential but i just remember i just ran another funny story i just remember practice in training camp where i think we had like guys were down with injuries or whatever we had like six people or like eight people were practicing like not even like that so and we were going like two and two full court i remember there was one play I was against him and they were, they were playing and then he went up for a layup. And I remember Kyle like came up to me. He's like, you got to try to follow him. Like you got to like that, no easy buckets, like stuff like that. Like that's what, that was our thing. What was really like, no easy buckets. And I remember the next play, I try to follow him. And I, I swear, like for me, like I try to grab him as hard as possible. And he like threw me, like went through me <laughs> and like hit it and won. And I looked and I was like, damn, like <laughs> I really, I swear I tried. Like I was, I was there. I followed him. Like I promise. Um, but it it was just like that that little thing where it was like whoa like this it's hard to guard this guy like yeah I feel bad I felt bad for the bigs playing against him throughout the whole year like he was he was a problem for sure. No, that's hilarious. Just imagining you trying to foul him. because yeah. yeah. he's like he's he's the guy's the guy's a monster, right? He's, he's and he's like not only is he huge and big, but he's like super mobile, right? Like with his footwork and all that. So it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and. So you were like, we talked about you getting a lot of run and early on, especially. So was there like, how were you able, despite your more physical limitations, you being what around like six feet, six one, right? Not necessarily being a guy that's going to jump out the gym. So how were you able to 
adjust to the size and pace like so quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think again, like those things that I built in through my foundation and that helps me again, I said like every level it translates. I think me being able to have good footwork and good balance and that IQ level of like the feel for the game, I think that's what translated well um, to this game. And I think again, like the confidence that the guys around me gave me, even though I was a rookie, like they had trust in me and they would constantly say like, I, they, they would honestly, like they would get mad at me if I wasn't shooting. So it was like, okay. Like, cause before, obviously like when you're in a new environment, like you try to like fit in and you're not going to shoot the same shots. Like I, I was shooting a lot of shots off the dribble in university. And it's like, okay, like I'm coming off here. I'm like probably looking to pass more, you know, like getting over involved. So um, I think it was like the confidence that everyone gave me. And then, me just like coming in having that feel for the game and the offense and understanding like the reads um where i yeah again that inner confidence and the stubbornness that i'm just like i think i'm 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 ready to kind of show like right like i'm trying to prove at all points i'm trying to prove that i belonged um i think it was all those things like kind of intertwined where i was like okay like it all facilitated for me to be successful and that's where the couple, the few games that i started and the few games that i played and how success that's where it kind of came from yeah and you know the fact that you were able to make that adjustment to the cebl so quickly i just i'm just i'm thinking about this question about for you like i don't i want listeners to understand especially younger listeners to be like to get to a player of your level what does if you're in the peak of your off season ramping up for let's say your upcoming season so you're like at the peak of your training what does a day-to-day training regimen look like for you um like during the summer you'd say yeah let's say you're rampant you're you're trying to get to your peak form and you're 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 yeah. you're going 110 trying to get get ready for your season yeah um that's something that we me and Kyle talked a lot a lot actually about like doing bands just like building that routine um but I would say like first off like if I'm trying to ramp up again into shape then I would say like you would always want to do like some sort of cardio um in the morning like I would always for me specifically, I would just like to get it out of the way. Like, to be honest, I would always do it in the morning and be like, first thing you do, it's like a cardio session. Even if it's like, um, depending, like say there's a scrimmage at night, then you would do that would count as your cardio session or just one throughout the day. And then you would always put up a light, like shooting, shooting workout, where it was like, just like either form shots or you're getting in the shooting machine. That's what I would usually do, but just shooting machine, something like that. And then there would always be like, um, a lift session, if that makes sense. So, um, it's really more of like a planning a week for me. So it's like one day I'm going to do a cardio and practice, for example, or cardio and shoot. And the next day you're doing like weights and shoot. So it kind of looked like that more like you always like alternate, um, kind of thing. Um, but if it's like, you're trying to ramp up, then it's like kind of cardio every day, a little bit every day, um, just to kind of get your kind of legs going. And, and for me, I was, I like, I'm doing new things, just trying to like switch things up because we're in the tremble every time can get a little boring. Like if you're doing it by yourself, like, and I've been seeing a lot of stuff again, like volleying my stuff out of the curries. I've seen him doing like sand workouts and going outside and going on runs or going on like a hike, stuff like that. So I think just like changing your like scenery is very important. And that's something like I've learned kind of more throughout the years, just doing a sand workout instead of like going to the gym and just running lines, you know, like just stuff like that, that like works different muscles or um, you're doing just a variety just so, so add a little fun there like make it a little game instead of just like running lines through like a circuit or something like that so um i think that's what kind of like a day-to-day life will kind of look like um during the summer but yeah nothing crazy okay so 
to wrap up sort of your CEBL season, I wanted to ask you now that you've had that experience under your belt, what are some areas that you identified during your, during the bandit season that you think that you need to improve on to not only help you with the rest of your sport career, but your potential pro career afterwards? Um, I mean, obviously the one that sticks out the most for me is just physicality and not necessarily just being stronger, more like in embracing it and embracing physicality or kind of not afraid to get hit, not afraid to like, um, switch in and like push someone around or like, even in like box outs, like little things where, um, I'm able to like hold my own and not having to like change the whole game plan just for me to switch out kind of thing. So I think that was the main um, piece that I kind of on my own. And like we talked about like as like with coaches and stuff. Um, and I think, I think the one thing with the pro level that I've learned, um, individually is like, just kind of staying composed and staying like, um, like disciplined because a lot things can happen at any given time. Like you can, not necessarily for me because I was a youth sports guy, but like, I could see it like, in like real time where it was like, okay, like this guy's leaving, this guy's going, this is coming. So there's not a lot of like security in that. So it's like, for me, it's like just staying disciplined and like sticking to like your values and stuff. And like knowing that even if like you do get moved to another team, it's like you did everything you could to like be successful in that organization. So just you being able to live with that and like doing those like day to day, like routines and um, stuff like that was like, one thing that I could improve on just like coming in every day, like shooting before staying after like um, lifting every day or doing a little cardio. So yeah, just those little things, I think um, were the main pieces. And then I think the other pieces will like come along um, eventually where it's like the speed of the game and stuff like that, that just more reps and game time. So, but those two things, especially the physicality piece is something that like I'm working on and it's going to take some time because it's habits. Right. But I think once I get there, I can kind of evolve my game to a whole nother level. Yeah. And do you find that now that you're back playing at UVic, do you find that the game at the U sport level has really slowed down for you after a whole summer playing against CBL players? For sure. There's def definitely a difference. Like, it's just not that like, cause everyone comes up to me and is like, Oh, you think it's easier? Like, I wouldn't say it's easier per se. I would just say it's like, first it's like different, right? Like you're, different competition and like you're playing like pros and just the approach is completely different like just the way they go about things um but i think it has slowed down like i'm able to like really like make the reads and being able to like really manipulate my guy or like come off a ball screen i can see new things or different things and like i can make more advanced reads if that makes sense so i think it has slowed down and i think playing the CBL was a, cbl is a huge thing because i'm playing against more physical guys that are like up in my grill like i'm trying to get space like it's a little bit harder to get space on these guys like you know like in practice in a game so um i think it helped me a lot like especially like with my ball hand that's the one thing i really noticed because like i had to like stay with control like i had to dribble it harder like just like make quicker moves so um it helped me a ton like it was yeah coming back it was like eye-opening so but i would ne definitely not say it's easier it's just completely different yeah yeah, no, that's sick. And I think that's the whole reason why I see I think it's great the CEBL has that U Sport draft. I think it's a great way to not only develop you guys, but also give you guys that exposure, especially U Sport players, give you guys that exposure to open up doors for pro opportunity. Because now you have film, right, of playing against pro guys that you can send overseas. So whenever you choose to go pro. Yeah. And it's building connections too. Again, yeah. like the relationships, like you build connections, even with other coaches, like other teams, they see you play and like, here you go. Like there's another connection to play 
wherever it is, Europe or whatever it is. So just having those connections and like expanding like your network was like huge for me like this summer too. So yeah. yeah. That's a, and that, I think that's a great way to cap off uh, talking about your bandit season. So moving on to just a couple more questions here. So I know that you've started coaching um, for all my listeners. Uh, Diego has a basketball Instagram that training training program called Mafia Hoops, I believe. Yep. Yeah. And so now that you're on the other side of it, you're coaching. What is something that you're, I guess, what's the most important message that you try to teach these kids and young hoopers? Um, it's a good question. Um, a lot of the stuff, because I'm relatively new to it and a lot of things I'm like figuring out on the fly, like I'm like noticing things like, I'm being like, okay, I gotta be better at this. Like today it wasn't good. Like I gotta be better. Like, and I'm like hard on myself. So it's good. So like, I'm working on like writing things down, like stuff like that. But I think one of the main messages that like, is uh, like, on my, it's everywhere that I post, like, and that I kind of say it almost every time I'm in it's kind of the message of like failing forward um and like not being kind of afraid to make mistakes because i think a lot of the times like mistakes are viewed in a negative way whereas like in basketball where mistakes can be viewed as like a learning opportunity where it's like say i'm doing a ball handling drill and i lose it that just not necessarily means that you can't do it it can mean that but it also can mean that you're going like quick enough where you're pushing yourself to get better at that skill right because if you're doing it one of just a quick example again ball handling like i'm going and i'm going too slow and it's too easy then it's like what's the certain point are you doing that you're not getting better right so you pushing yourself and losing the ball because you're going too quick and you're trying to go quicker then those are the messages but i think yeah failing forward is like one of the main things that is hard to teach because like obviously no one wants to make mistakes and it's hard to be like okay like this kid made a mistake it's like Oh, like that's a good thing. Like kids don't view it that way. And it's like hard to get, it's just like human nature where it's like you make a mistake, you just automatically it's a negative, right? Um, so that's something that I'm trying to like instill in them. Um, and then in the basketball sense, again, like all the stuff that I do is full work, balance, a lot of shooting, obviously. That's just got kind of given, but mm -hmm. uh, most of the stuff is full work, and that's what I've realized that is kind of eye-opening to me, where it's like kids don't really have really a foundation of full work and it's hard to teach it um so i really like breaking things down and like starting even like starting with like no ball and like just getting the fork down on like a jump shot or something like that so again i'm learning a lot on the fly it's it's everything's so new and like i ran my camp this past summer and that was a crazy experience when i came back like it was like i was doing it kind of all of my own like the sign up sheet and stuff and then i had four coaches helping me at actual camp but like dealing with the parents and emailing and de doing all this stuff like from the coach's view i've never had that before and it was cool to be in that position and just like figure out on my own like the stress level was like off the charts and it was but it's been cool like it's it's something that i want to do like when i'm done playing pro like i want to kind of come back and have my own like training program and like potentially my own au team like stuff like that so those are like the kind of business areas that I'm getting into, but I think starting it now where like I build a base here in the city where um, people are interested in like working with me, um, I think was an interesting kind of way to do it. And I had people that could support me over here that helped me like start that up and grow this business or the start of the business. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Like not only are you giving kids opportunities to learn from a guy at your level, but I think for you personally, like, learning those very 
like real life skills of learning to manage administration, learning to communicate with people, learning to deal with complaining parents or learning to take criticism from your customers, right? I think that's that's awesome life skills. And I'm super glad that you have sort of a plan for after you play basketball, because I think a lot of guys after they play, like they kind of get lost, right? So I think the fact that you're thinking about that and planning now, amazing stuff for for a guy that's still in university. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Should It's growing. So hopefully I'll get there when I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that sort of wraps up our main questions. And before we go, I just want to give you a couple of rapid fire questions, just some, some more light stuff here. So yeah. the first one, so you're, you're from Brazil. So, yeah. and I'm a big food guy. So I always like to ask people, what's one food that reminds you of home? Uh, has to be steak. <laughs> has to be yeah the barbecue barbecue in brazil is crazy yeah. that's sick yeah. yeah yeah no that sounds it sounds legendary um yeah no i had a i had a, when i was on exchange a couple of years ago i had a, a buddy from sao paulo actually yeah. and yeah he would talk about yeah the how, how amazing the meats were and all that so no that sounds awesome unreal <laughs> yeah um so okay in a three-point shooting contest we're talking racks you steph curry caitlin clark who you got Oh man, <laughs> I gotta. Okay, again, realistically, I gotta say Steph Curry, but I'm taking I'm taking myself against anyone to be honest. Okay, okay. Yeah, I gotta realistically, I gotta say Steph Curry there. <laughs> okay, I gotcha, gotcha. And the last one, um, what's what's sort of uh, but when you're all done playing, what's sort of the legacy you want to leave behind as a player and as a person? Hmm. Great question. Um, I think. As a player, I just want to have um, like an impact in my city and in my like university where people can look back and just kind of see the things I've done, not necessarily like accomplishments, but more like the overall impact in the community where um, like people are able to look at me and be like, oh, like this, I remember this guy played, like it was, it was super fun to watch, like it was entertaining and like, um, yeah, they just like kind of enjoyed my time while I was here. Um, and then as a person, just like, being viewed kind of as like i always try to be as humble as i can like even though like it's hard again human nature like you just it's hard to take control of your ego but i think just being humble and like just kind of down to earth um not having any crazy stories that done this than that i just kind of just, just like doing my thing and like i play basketball go to school just being just like a normal um just like a i don't know not a normal person but just yeah just not viewed as like just this guy's a basketball player, you know, like I want to have more of like a overall impact and being just like a, just like a good person or like someone that people enjoyed being around like good teammate um, and just things of kind of that nature as well. Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah, that sort of that wraps up our show and Diego, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy playing and school schedule to chat with us today. Um, for all, all the listeners, please go check out Ma his Instagram at Mafia Hoops, as well as his main Instagram at Diego Mafia. Um, Diego, I got nothing else for you. Thank you so much for taking the time and good luck with the rest of your U-Sports season. And I look forward to seeing what happens for you for the rest of your U-Sport career and also as a pro. Thank you very much. I'm excited. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate yeah. it. That was, yeah, that cool. was fun.